What's cracking, everybody? Money Smart Guy Matt Apollo here, healing to you from Dallas, Texas. And today we are going to launch episode one of our podcast called Millionaire Goals Podcast with my co-host Milton Alvarez. Bro, welcome to this endeavor, man. Oh, man, who? Where, where do I start, man? <laughs> Would have thought. Exactly. So listen, the motivation for this podcast is because we've been listening to you. My YouTube channel called Seven Figure Squad, we kept doing reaction videos to celebrities, kept doing yeah. reaction videos to athletes in regards to money and finance and entrepreneurship. And uh, we just kept listening to your comments and they were just reaction videos. They weren't podcasts. And you guys were saying, hey, man, we need to have you on a podcast, do podcast, do podcast, long form podcast. So we're going to have we're gonna have 50 minute podcasts once a week. And um, I want to have Milton here as my co-host because he made the investment in me. He made the investment of coming down to Dallas. He made the investment of investing in himself. And there's a lot of things we can talk about in this podcast. So uh, what do we talk about in this podcast? We're talking about personal finance. We're talking about fitness. We're talking about our, our faith, uh, fatherhood, relationships. We're, we got a lot of topics that relate to our life, which from what we hear from you are trending topics or key core topics that resonate with you and how you're going to build your life and and how you gonna have a lot, a lot more money, a lot more uh, 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 enriched relationships? And uh, Milton here, um, let me ask you, bro. T tell, have everybody tell. I can tell. I can talk about you all day, man. But you've absolutely <laughs> changed uh, my mobility. You've actually changed um, uh, me not living in pain, like physical pain, after leaving the military. So you know, you made the investment to come down here. Um, you made our our family uh, happier because I'm happier. Uh, <laughs> So uh, you've, you've taught me how to eat right, how to work out right. The work, I mean, the leg workout we did the other day was killer. And we didn't even use heavy weight. We used bands. You know, me being uh, uh, 49 pushing 50, it, it really helps out my joints. But for the most part, uh, if you guys have any chance to listen to Milton, uh, he's got a lot of uh, uh, genuine guidance and advice. He knows his topic when it comes to uh, the area of, of fitness and nutrition and diet and exercise. Milton, can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? course so um, I'm a fitness professional guys my main uh, field of expertise is performance coaching uh, I, I tend to work with a lot of entrepreneurs business owners and athletes helping them reach peak performance in all aspects a lot of times Matt when, when people think of fitness they automatically assume it's just going to the gym lifting a couple uh, couple dumbbells a couple barbells going for a jog and calling it quits but in reality the way you move your body is going to affect the entire dynamic of the way you, you run your life your mental health your emotional health uh, your physical health and also your spiritual health and if physically, physiologically, you're not doing so well, it's going to affect the way you run your business. It's going to affect your family dynamic. It's going to affect the way you are with yourself and even your own confidence. And your confidence was going to drive your business to the next level yeah. or it's going to leave you stagnant. So I've dedicated my life, maybe about now roughly doing 12 years now, working with, you know, just your average individual to now transitioning into working with mainly entrepreneurs, helping them reach that next level of their performance. So that way they are able to reach that next level in their business helping people go from four to five figure incomes, five to six figure, six to seven figure incomes by helping them see who they are and applying certain strategic approaches to help them make sure they maintain a certain level of health they need to have a sustainable life, not only for themselves, but also to their families. And all of that is mainly derived from, again, man, from, from, from my background, from where I come from, you know, coming from a, a, a lower middle class household where majority of my drive was seeing both of my parents work two jobs, uh, barely seeing my mom, barely seeing my father, and not liking to see people in pain. I, I, I don't like people in pain. So if, if I can add to your life on any, uh, at any level to be able to shift anything in your life 
if I'm able to give you a, a system, a, a, a solution to a problem that you may have within the field that I am in, and I'm, I'm taking, if I'm able to take you away from that pain, that's one of my main drives uh, for life. Yeah, I, I saw some pictures yeah. you were showing me of you in high school, and you're you're kind of like a husky, chubby kid, man. Am oh. I correct in saying that? You're, you, you know, from back his his boys in studio here, but yeah, you were a husky, chubby kid. I was, I was I was a big boy, man. I was a big boy. I, I was definitely. Uh, we should have brought a picture. No, we should not. I was definitely bullied a lot, man. Definitely a lot of bullying, which is another thing that drives what I do now for a lot of the people. Because believe it or not, man, a lot of successful business people, whether they want to admit it or not, they hide behind a lot of insecurities and they yeah. they overcompensate in other areas. Yeah. And one of my main thing, one of one of my main things in, with with what I do with my with my clientele is yeah. allowing them to see that incompetence that they have and addressing that from the root cause and ripping it out of it, rip, ripping that root, uh, rip, rip, ripping that issue from, from the root yeah. so they can address the problem up front so they can heal from it, move on from it, and conquer that issue that they had, even if it's from childhood. That's awesome, man. Well, listen, guys, we're going to have a lot of um, conversations today above uh, millennials and Gen Z still living at home. Yeah. Uh, a record number of families sh uh, shared that they delayed their medical care because it was too expensive. Uh, many people today making $100,000 a year are living paycheck to paycheck. 61% chance of a recession happening this year in 2023. We're going to talk about fatherhood and relationships. A uh, new study here about the effect of parental separation uh, from their kids. Um, the role that fathers play today, has it changed today from what it was in the past? We're going to discuss that. Um, Channing Tatum talks about, I'm never ever going to get married again. And you being single, me being married, uh, I think this is a great dynamic for us to have some uh, dialogue about. Um, what and, and on your on your segment, health and fitness? Uh, what are we talking about in, in your categories? Uh, we're going to be speaking on on, on that category. Man. We're going to be speaking on how just an extra couple minutes a day of physical activity will help you boost your brain power. Uh, we'll also be speaking about how early re early retirement may accelerate dementia and will also cause early death um, amongst a lot of people who end up retiring at an early age. Gotcha. Um, and also how. Your, 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 your brain function, your cognitive function, the way you think, the way you process, and even your memory. Yep. Your memory is a, a big thing and how exercise and nutrition can affect that in, in the long run and even in the short term. Well, let's talk about it. Yeah. Well, cool. Let's, let's go into our first topic. So um, uh, let's see here. Dave Ramsey. There's, not, there's a lot of things I don't agree with Dave Ramsey on. Yeah. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a guy that uh, is on TV a lot. He's a personal finance guru. Uh, there's a lot of things I disagree with him on, but this one I, I've got to take his data, his information. By the way, there's a lot of things I agree with Dave Ramsey on too as well. Uh, he's a faith-based guy. He's a, he's, a, he's a principled guy. I agree with him a lot there in terms of execution. Uh, there's a lot of debate that we, we'll have with him and probably many of you uh, as well. I think, that, I think that's healthy. Uh, but anyway, Dave Ramsey says that nearly half of young adults are still living at home, a level that hasn't been this high since the Great Depression. So a big re a big reason is um, a big reason is the in the inflation yeah. inflation when it's done. So um, listen, when I was when I was when I was 17 years old, man, I was out the house. I listened <laughs> to the Marines at 17 years old. I turned 18 years old in boot camp. I remember sitting in form or st sitting, standing information, and uh, the Marines knew that. Uh, oh my my pulleys, my recruits, because we, were, we weren't called Marines yet. We were called everything in the earth, scum. Piece of you know what, but the last thing we were called is Marine, especially in boot camp. Some of you guys know that you don't get called Marine until you graduate. Boot camp, you got to earn that title. But uh, they're saying, hey, Spala, happy birthday, happy birthday. So I was out. Uh, my first job was at 15, 16 years old. So, mm -hmm. you know, for a lot of this stuff, uh, I get. 
I understand. I have three older kids. I have a 28-year-old son. I got twins that are 21 years old. They're all on their own. They're with me. So, you know, what's, what, what was your situation when you were growing up? I was forced to move out. I didn't, I didn't get kicked out, man. The same thing. My parents, again, coming from a lower middle class family, both parents, you know, come, being immigrant parents coming to the United States for a better opportunity, not mm -hmm. knowing that they had it a lot better in their own country, coming here for a, a better, you know, the, the American dream. Yeah. Um, they couldn't afford their household anymore, man. Um, the bank en en ended up taking the household, and yeah. in the midst of the bank taking up taking the house, uh, my parents going through a divorce. And in the midst of that, my mom ends up moving in with her daughter, and my dad ends up moving in with his daughter. And then their son ends up moving in from jumping from basement to basement, trying to find a place to live whilst holding down two jobs, going to school full time. So when you say their daughter, their brother, they're your brother, they're, they're your. Their daughter, their son. From the, from, from the previous marriages, correct. Got it. From okay. the previous marriages. So, yeah. so you feel like you're half or? Half, 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 half sisters. Gotcha. So, you know, they ended up taking, one of my sisters from my dad's side ends up taking my dad in, my, and my other sister from my mom's side ends up taking their mom in. Right. And me, just, you know, pride kick, as a man, pride kicks in, like, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not yeah. I, don't, I don't need anybody's help. I got, this, I got this on my own. Yeah. I ended up, for a short period of time, uh, whether my friends know it or not, for a short period of time, I actually ended up homeless. I was jumping from people's basements to basement to basement, trying to find somewhere to live without huh. being kicked out. So it wasn't that out of choice that I, I got to move out because I had the luxury to. I was forced to move out at a very young age. It's just like you. I was actually working illegally at age 13, not selling drugs, but my, 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 table, my, off the, exactly, off the my dad was saying me to do yeah. landscaping jobs at age yeah. 13, 14 years old so I could yeah. become a man and be self-sufficient. <laughs> then at age 15, got my first worker, worker's permit and started working at uh, Jewel Oscoff, my very first job, working wow. making $7 an hour. By the way, if you guys are watching this, what was your first job? Yeah. What was your first job, and how old were you when you had your first job? My first, my, I was I was mowing lawns too as well, 13 years old, on the table either. It was a gas um, a lawnmower or an electric lawnmower. You ever have those electric lawnmowers? I had those electric lawnmower with a power cord, and did you make the mistake of mowing over the power cord? <laughs> <laughs> and the money I made from uh, mowing lawns, I had to spend on buying a new long extension cord for that lawnmower growing up in Chicago, but I don't know. It's, you know, when, when I'm looking at, when I'm looking at kids uh, these days, you know, there's, you know, every generation says this, this generation is weaker than our generation. The next generation, you know, this generation is weaker than the next generation. You know, you know, you know I hear that. I can see that. Uh, but at the same time too, it's not necessarily my opinion. It's the kids. Cause I'm a, I'm a dad. I got five kids, mm -hmm. three older kids, two younger, two younger kids, 12 years old. And, and uh, Jordan's about to be four here at the end of this month. But, I think we, we should put less pressure on the kids and we need to put more pressure on the parents. It's you, the parents, it's out there. I mean, if you want your kids to have a good life, it is because they have a tough life. Uh, you know, like fitness. I mean, you're not going to build muscle unless you have resistance. Unless you go under pressure. Under, you put under pressure. Correct. If you want to coddle your kids and say, hey, listen, kids, you know, come back in and move in. And instead of saying, hey, listen, you got to figure this stuff out, you're freaking homeless. I enlisted to the Marines. Uh, there's a period. Of, there was a period of my time where I lived in my car for two weeks. You know, when I was uh, separating from the military, my son and I were bouncing in and out. Um, you, know, you know, but when you're looking at the train wreck, it is a train wreck. I don't say it's necessarily because of inflation. I wouldn't say because it's necessarily of of uh, of the uh, job market. I think the parents have allowed their children to be less resilient today. I know you had you had some tough parents growing up. Yeah. Physically. <laughs> my, my That's why the show is perfect for you to watch because we're all messed up around here, man. We don't walk on water. We don't come from money. Man, you know, we, had, we, had some, we had some upbringings. Definitely some healing, man. Yeah, my, my, my father, man, he, he, he was a rough one. The thing is, my, my, 
both of my parents both had really rough upbringings. And interesting, we, we tend to judge our parents based off of the way they treat us, not knowing that they're probably doing a lot better than the way their parents treated them. Yeah. yeah. So my mom went the route of this, the way I got treated from as a little girl. So let me do the complete opposite and baby my son. Yeah. My dad went the route of I used to get the living hell out of beat out of me. Yeah. My dad one time when I was maybe 12 years old, we went to his homeland, Ecuador. So my mom's Mexican, my dad's Ecuadorian. Uh, we went to his homeland when I was 12 years old and they were having a reunion for the entire family. My grandfather was still alive during that time. And usually when they take the, they take the kids to sleep, AKA me during mm -hmm. that time, mm -hmm. it's because all the uncles are gonna get together and they're gonna start drinking, you know, just, uh, you know, um, Remembering the past in the, the good, the good old times. <laughs> so I, I, I sneak back in. Tequila some loud music. Yeah, exactly. Right? I yeah, love he, it, bro. Exactly. That would have been nice today. <laughs> so I, I sneak back into the, into, the, into the household that they're all hanging out. And here are all my uncles, including my father, drunk. Mm -hmm. Drunk out of their minds. And what, they, didn't, they didn't acknowledge that I was in, 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 within the room. And out of nowhere, you just hear a burst from my father. He starts bawling his eyeballs out and crying out to his dad, you know. Why would you beat us so much when we were little kids? Why would you treat us the way you treated us? Um, and he brought up a story where my grandfather would actually tie him, tie him from, 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 from I forgot exactly from what, but he, he, he would tie his, his uh, son up and he would actually whoop him with the belt. Damn. So starting, starting labor at a very young age of the age of six, seven, seven, eight years old, getting whooped on like you're an animal consistently. And then growing up and expecting to be the type of be a certain type of father, not knowing how to be a true father, because that's all you know. As a grown man now, I see that my dad did the best that he could, because compared to the way he was treated and the way yeah. I, I was treated growing up, yeah. a completely different comparison. So that was there was always conflict amongst, amongst my household. My mom was trying to defend me, you know, don't hit him, don't do this, don't yell at him, don't treat him this way. But my dad would always look at my mom's face. And my, my dad passed away in 2016, but I still remember this. Every time he 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 would uh he, he would try to discipline me. He would look at my mom and always tell me, one, right now you don't understand, but one day, even if I'm not around, one day you're going to thank me. And when he's a grown ass man and he's a father, he's going to look back at this and he's going to thank me for these moments. And now is exactly the time that I look back on, man, what my dad used to say to me, do to me, and the way he gave me his unconditional way of loving yeah. really molded me into the man that I'm becoming today. For sure. Yeah. yeah if, if uh, as a parent, you know, it's the hardest thing for you as a parent is to see your children go through some rough times and feel some pain. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, do, I don't like the people I love and care about, especially the, the, the human beings that you've made uh, with your blood in their veins. You don't like to see them in pain. But when I'm, when I'm thinking about if I don't have them experience pain, they'll never be able to you know, stand on their own. And, and when, I'm, when I'm thinking about you know, uh, people in a situation where um, you know, they're forced to grow, they're forced to make ends meet, they're forced to make those phone calls, they're forced to to, to uh, do things that probably never would have done before had it not been for that pressure, had it not been for that resistance. You know, listen, I'm, I'm 49 years old. I'm the, uh, uh, the sexiest generation ever created in the history of humankind, <laughs> according to God. <laughs> Show me the scripture. It's Gen X, baby. <laughs> Gen X. You know, God bless that generation with R&B and, and Keith Sweat and Ralph Transvan and Belle Biv DeBoe and I can go on and on of which music you were raised in. Keith Sweat, that's, <laughs> Keith, why, Keith that's Sweat. why you have so many kids, man. <laughs> Keith Sweat. I mean, what was the music you were raised on, man? Put in the comment section below. For me, it was 80s and 90s. You know, Casey and Jodeci. Uh, Casey and Jojo Jodeci. I had all those, I had all those uh, tapes and CDs. See, I'm dating myself. I said tapes and CDs. Um, but <laughs> you're, you're, you're showing, man. But your generation is a millennials. Yeah. Right? You're probably one of the younger millennials at, uh, at uh, you're 30? 31. 31. 
And so this generation behind you is the Gen Z, the Nintendo generation, the TikTok generation, we call it. The TikTok generation. My, my kids' generation. So, you know, this generation is, uh, is uh, facing a lot of uh, weirdness. I mean, your, your generation from 2000 to 2010, when you guys were kids, or, or when you were a, 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 a pre-teen teen, that was considered the lost decade because of the 01.com bubble recession, mm -hmm. 07, 08, 09, great recession. So that, that we had a sideways economy. So the economy didn't grow in 10 years. It grew, dipped, recession. And then the last 14 years, we've had the largest economic expansion in the history of, of America the last 14 years. And so I tell a lot of the guys that's in real estate today having a hard time. You tell, you, I'm telling a lot of the guys in mortgage today that are having a hard time. And they've been in the mortgage business for three, four, five years, seven years. You guys have never experienced tough times. The moment you entered real estate now, in, in, in the last five, seven, 10 years, the moment you entered mortgages the last you know, five, 10, 12 years, it's always been good times for you. Interest rates kept getting lower and lower and lower and lower. You had opportunity, a lot of money was floating in America. I mean, this generation had TikTok videos of NFTs and crypto. Yeah. They were making all that money in MT and crypto. And next thing you know, boom, 80,000 crypto millionaires wiped out. Completely. Right? And so a fake money gets exposed. I mean, you're, you're around people trying to tell you uh, in that generation, hey, man, get, get you know, mint, mint your coin. <laughs> mint your coin, creating NFTs. You know, so a lot of talk around that generation goes on. So when, when we're looking at today, let's, let's go on to the next topic. That a lot of people today, check this out. Uh, let's, let's go to this article. Three in five Americans. Three in five Americans live paycheck to paycheck. More people are living paycheck to paycheck, but making ends meet than not living paycheck to paycheck. Here's a crazy one. More than half Americans earning between 100, check this out, 100,000 to 150,000 living paycheck to paycheck on 100,000, $150,000 a year. Now, Matt, let me ask you a question on that. Do you think that that's mainly, be I understand the inflation rate, but it could also be that when you make a certain amount of money, you, 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 create, you start creating a different identity in your headspace. I'm like, okay, I've never seen this much money in my life. So the first time, I, oh, my first year in business, the first year in business, I pulled maybe close to $220,000. My first year in business. Nice. First year. Nice, nice. Had no idea what the hell I was doing. But I, I remember when he was a, a, UF, a, a gym. I would just leave the name out. He, he was a gym that I started going to, and I yeah. hired him as a trainer. Yeah. And now I know that was the dilemma you're going through. Because there was a bunch of comfort and, and maybe security staying at that gym. Of course. But you're, you, look, you definitely look like a caged lion, man. You're like, I, I want to get out of here. I want to do something big. But, and you're getting all, the, all, all your ducks in a row. Yeah, we, we had no choice. It was during COVID. Yeah. We, were, they, they, we, we got furloughed. We got furloughed, man. So it was either sink or swim. And Matt, you were like, hey, man, what are you going to do? I'll be your first client. I, I, I need you to train me. <laughs> come to the house, Come man. to the house. So that, 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 that triggers something inside of me. Like, all right, you know, like, I need to make this happen. Yeah. I've been doing this long enough where I know what I'm doing. I know how to structure this. The only thing I need help in is the business aspect. Yeah. And again, the first year I went into business, I had no idea what I was doing. The fact that I was able to get to that income, that's by the grace of God. Amen. That's by the grace of God, man. Because after, yeah. So, but you worked, though. You worked. You, you, you humped it out. It's not like you were just, you know, just kicking back, relaxing, and grace of God was just showering you with opportunity. You yeah. picked up the phone. You answered your DMs. You sent DMs. You made it happen. You marketed yourself. You branded yourself. You created videos. You became very resourceful with the talents that you had. Yeah. So, so back, so back to, to, to the um to, to the to, to, to what you shared. People who make exactly. So for example, that first year when I when I made that money, I I had that broke mindset of, you know, you know what I can do with with this kind of money. <laughs> Every time someone would pay me, like yo, this I, I I usually make this in a month, not in a single payment. Yeah. So you you come into this headspace of, my lifestyle is about to change. 
the way I eat's about to change. I'm not gonna go to uh, I'm not gonna go to McDonald's anymore. I'm, I'm gonna go to the steakhouse twice a week now. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna buy. I'm, I'm not gonna go because I'm gonna I, I, have I, some filet McNun. I, I, I like I, I'm a target I'm, I'm a Target guy, Target Walmart guy. I, I don't mind saying that. I, I go to Walmart, or Target, and buy some T-shirts here and there. It's not, it's not a big deal. Sure. It's, not, it's yeah. not about the brand for me. Bro, I still I still buy my undershirts and underwear at Marshalls. Yeah. Right. I have a hard time yeah. spending, you know, you ever go to Nordstrom, they got these underwears on a hanger? <laughs> What's the last thing about underwear on a hanger, man? Yeah. So Forget, I feel bad, but $35 for one pair of underwear? Yeah. Does it wash itself? Yeah. Does it say, uh, you know, is it uh, soil proof? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you, so you're in the headspace. And then, you know, I, you know, going from Walmart to Target, seeing these t-shirts, six, seven, eight dollars, and then. Now you have some, some money in your pocket. Yeah. So now you're getting kind of interested in going to other places. Going to sure. Gucci store. Yeah. You're going to, you know, Louis Vuitton, Versace. You're like, okay. It's still out of your price. Mentally, because you yeah. still have that, that, that broke mindset. It's still out of your price range. like, $800 for a t-shirt. That's a lot of money. But you have the money. So now you start getting curious about those type of things. So now where I'm leading up to is you start making a certain amount of money. You start changing your identity. Or you, you're trying to. And now you start, now the way your lifestyle is, you're, you're living out your lifestyle is completely different. Yeah. So could it be that these people who are, uh, who are making anywhere between $150,000 a year, they're still living paycheck to paycheck because they completely shifted in the way they used to be, uh, they used to live. So they used to live with a, a, a base pay of $40,000 a year, $50,000 a year, but now they start making more money. So now they think they can buy more, they can purchase more, they can do more. So let's break it down. Let's break it down. Uh, uh, let's say I wanted to buy a house. Make a hundred thousand a year, hundred fifty thousand a year. I want to buy a house. What was a house? What's a house? What, what's the the average house in America? Okay, average house in America is around four or five hundred thousand dollars. Okay, so let's say you buy a five hundred thousand dollar house. Average interest rate in America. The Federal Reserve just raised interest rates 0. 0.25, 25 basis points a couple of days ago. Uh, interest rates about to go up. Uh, um, some of them actually. The irony is some of the mortgage rates actually went down, but overall the interest rates, the Federal Reserve raised interest rates. And so when you're looking at the average interest rate in America, it's 6%. So if you take a $500,000 mortgage at a 6% mortgage over a 30-year uh, 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 mortgage uh, uh, period, that's a $3,160 principal and interest payment. I'm not even talking about insurance. I'm not even talking about taxes. Mm. $3,160. So think about this. You're making $100,000 a year. Let's, let's do the math. $100,000 a year. Okay, that's uh, $8,333 a month. WAP a thirty percent in tax. You're around fifty five hundred dollars uh, in net income. Mm. Fifty five hundred dollars in net income is you know tw is what uh, 28, 2750 every two every two weeks. One paycheck goes to a mortgage. You're making hundred thousand dollars. Your whole entire check plus goes into an entire mortgage. Now you have a five hundred thousand house. What do you want? I want a Beamer. Yeah. I, want a, I want a Mercedes. So what's the average car cost? Uh, uh, average used car is $40,000 a year. $40,000, 40, $48,000 a year at a 6% interest rate, 5.5% interest rate on, on a five-year loan. It's, a eight, it's an $8,900, $917 car payment. So you had a $3,100 mortgage payment, a nine, almost a almost $1,000 car payment. That's $4,100 that's gone just for driving and living. And you bring it home $5,500. Mm. But you're making $100,000 a year, right? You say, I need to go to some steak restaurants. <laughs> you see how this continues to snowball? Correct. So the average things in America, and by the way, you have, you have some kids? Kids got to go to private school. I'm making $150,000 a year. I'm a, I'm a C-suite uh, VP here. 
I guess some of my kids are private school. The average private school in America is 10, you know, approximately 10000 a year. It's $850, $900 a month. It's another $1,000. We haven't even ate yet. So all these things, house, car, uh, house, car, tuition, we haven't ate yet. So what's the average food bill? Food prices are up 60%, 40, 60%. Yeah, eggs. So you, by, by the way, you're right. Yeah. You're right. So yeah, eggs, I'm personally offended by eggs increasing by 60%. <laughs> You know, that's yeah. like that's like the that's the new cryptocurrency today. Eggs, <laughs> eggs. Start slinging eggs, man. Start slinging eggs. But yeah, so when when you look at these things, you're right. So two things have to happen: either a, you got to find ways to increase your income. That's why the premise of this podcast is millionaire goals. Mm-hmm. Not because you got to make a be a, make a million dollars because I want to be a millionaire, bro. If you want to live the life you want to live. You want to take your kids to the school and education with them? Because a lot of people today, I, I do this around the country, a lot of people today don't trust the public school system. Definitely not. They don't trust the public school system. X-Men, you're in college. I mean, you you know, the the, the, the things that they are exposing kids to today. I mean, X-Men, how many genders are there, bro? <laughs> There's billions. Billions of, listen, bro, <laughs> male, female, that's in my, in my book, right? I, I follow a good book, right? It may not be science to people, but I followed a good book called The Bible and said, right, uh, uh, a man created husband and wife, man and woman. What a great way to start our first episode. What a great stir, way to <laughs> start the freaking pot, man. Stir the freaking pot. I, I my kids all the time, hey, kids, uh, by the way, all my kids, th- my three older kids, they didn't go to college, running successful businesses. Ruben's out there fighting in Denver right now, yeah. MMA fighter. He's 2 0, right? Yeah, uh, 3 0. 3 0. He's 3 0. Yeah, Kick and tail. And uh, none of them have any student loan debt. Every one of them happy. They have their own spot. They're not depending on dad. Right? So, and by the way, they have a different credit score with me. I say, hey, hey, poppy, can I? Yes. If you do this. If you don't do this, don't even bother asking. Right? So, therefore, I've created criteria for the kids to be able to say, here's how I ask for money. Mm. Not feel entitled to my money. Because I tell them all the time. Right? I got money. Right now, you're broke. I want to give you this money, but you know th- those are the things we're talking about. What, what what's going on in your side? What your take? What's what? Why do you think people are living paycheck to paycheck, even if they're making 100, 150 thousand a year? Here's the thing, man. I, I think, and this was my issue the first year, so I, I, I'll admit it. I, I didn't grow up with a such a, and you, I know you didn't either, but you grew up. You at a certain age, you came into this industry with the, with the financial literacy, and you started educating yourself in that in that realm. Yeah, I was never taught that. I was never taught financial literacy. I was never taught on how to save, how to invest. I was never taught, you know, the psychology of money. Mm-hmm. My parents got money. We yep. would use it for necessities, not even for luxury. We never took a vacation, maybe once every couple of years yep. to go see a family member in a different country. Yep. But we everything everything they made was for a necessity. Yep. And sometimes they they, 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 they wouldn't have they wouldn't have the money to buy groceries or whatever the case may be. So we would end up using credit cards. So now they're getting into more debt and not being able to pay off their bills. Yep. So that's the mindset I grew up on. Um, I grew up with, so my first year that I started making money, I want to help the entire world. I want to help my mom. I want to help my family. Sure. I, I want to I get out of debt. I want to, I want to do everything that I possibly can. So that, that money that I made gone within, within a couple of months. Right. Having the financial literacy that I should have had, yeah. that money could have done something bigger for myself where it could have left me a little bit more established and done more for my business where I'm at machine. right now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't have that. I thought, okay, this is how much I'm making. I can make more. Yeah. The money that I make is in control. I'm in control of how much I make. Yeah. If I work, I make yeah. money. Yeah. Reach out, speak to people, network, go out, you know, have cigars. That's me networking. That's how I can make more money. 
if I just decide, if I decide to stay home and do nothing, then I make zero money. So I'm in control. So that that might that thought process that that thought process put me in a position. I'm like, okay, uh, everything in my, in my hands. So I'm gonna do what I want to do. Yeah. So that first year, wasting my money on on dumb things mm -hmm. and trying to be the savior of the entire world put me in a position of not understanding that the first couple of years when you start making some money, you need to be able to live uh, below your means. Yep. Again, like you said, man, I'm 31 years old, single, good credit. <laughs> to advertise, this episode sponsored by Milton Alvarez's Single Life. <laughs> <laughs> so, no no kids, no no kids, single. So I, I have every opportunity right now to be able to live below my means. Yep. And I never been, I was never taught that. I was never taught to live below your means um, when, when you have a little bit of money. I was always taught, if you have money, use it for to pay off all your debt. Use it to be able to help people. Use it to help your sisters. Use it to help your family members. And just ex just splurge. If yeah. you have money, it's your money. If you want to buy that car, buy that car. If you want to if you want to buy this, buy this. And that's the mindset I walked yeah. I walked into it I walked into it with. Even though I was making that much money, I was always broke. I was always 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 broke. And if you don't, if you and by the way, if you don't share with anybody, you're stingy. You're, you're stingy. Rich, rich guys are jerks. Blah blah yeah. blah. Yeah. Listen, I, I get that whole stereotype of rich people are jerks. But listen, once I started making money, once I started hanging around other rich people. I, you know what I found out? They ain't jerks at all. And actually, rich people and wealthy people are some of the most generous people I've ever ran across. They're, they're misunderstood because people feel entitled to their money. That's why they're jerks, because they don't just give to people. Uh, people feel uh, they're jerks. Some, you know, they're the 1%, 2%, 5% of rich jerks that snob at you. And by the way, I've had my fair share of people being very snobby. I mean, underestimating, judging me, judging a book by his cover. I had many fair share of that, but the overwhelming majority of rich people, wealthy people I've met growing on the come up, very generous people. They're willing to share. They're willing to help if you ask the right questions. Mm -hmm. uh, because you know when you get you get to that level, people always want something. Correct. Right. And so they're always asking you know uh, something from you and expecting, and uh, usually it's tied to to money. But if you're generally around rich people, wealthy people, and you're asking for not money, but you're asking for wisdom, I tell you that person is going to be in your life for a very long time because they know they feel safe with you because they're not going to say, oh man, this person after me for. Money, maybe I can mentor this guy. Maybe I can Correct. coach this guy. Maybe I can open this guy up to other opportunities. Last night I went to the Mavs game, right? I'm asking this guy, listen, I got a dream. I want to build a, a, an office. I want a gym. I want to buy a strip mall. I want a gym. I want an office. I want an office space. I realized in my office space through uh, Thursday, through uh, Thursday, Friday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday, it's dead rent. There's not a lot of people in there, but we have this massive uh, office. How do I <clears> maximize <throat> the model that we have going forward? So I want to buy a, a strip mall, put it in a gym office, cigar lounge, you know, you know, restaurant, you know, daycare, barbershop, uh, uh, beauty salon, nail spots, you know, th things that we normally do on a daily basis, but it's all people that we've recruited instead of start a business in our strip mall. So I'm asking this guy how to put together the business model. Guy's very generous. We're sitting freaking courtside last night watching the Mavs game. Too bad, you know, there's the Pelicans playing, but you know, Zion <laughs> wasn't playing, you know, but it was just a conversation we were having. Very generous. I asked him, bro, what do I, what do I owe you for this? No, bro, it's, it's on me. Bro, we're courts, we're courtside seats. What do you mean, right? The fact that I was willing to contribute and not freeload off him, Correct. I think was <coughs> it. Because you know, rich people don't like people freeloading off them too as well. So, um, I, I want to go back to this article here that says here in August of 2022. Let's take a look at this. In August 2022, 45 percent of those earning more than 100 thousand a year were living paycheck to paycheck, a seven percent increase from 38 percent in September 2021. 62% of consumer annually earning between fifty and $100,000 were living paycheck to paycheck, up from 57 in 2020. Do you think 
that what we got going on, I mean, you have a lot of wealthy clients too as well. Do you think what's going on in the marketplace is going to get worse in 2023 or do you think it's going to go opposite? What do you think? I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. Again, I'm not, uh, I'm not fully uh, uh, dove into like the back end stuff and the stocks and, you know, the, the, the Here's your observation, the observation, yeah. it, it's, it's definitely going to get worse before it gets better for sure. Yeah. Um, you see, I, I see a lot of my friends who are in real estate right now struggling, struggling, man. You know, they, here's the thing. I have a couple of friends of mine. I have, I have a pretty diverse uh, set of friends. You know, I have my, my friends who work, they still work nine to five jobs, making maybe like fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year. And then I have my real estate friends who, you know, they had one good year and they made $750,000 and like, I made it, I'm the man. Yeah. And now this year they're in, 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 in the trenches, they're, they're, they're struggling. Yeah. And amongst each other, the guy who's in real estate making it big in life is asking the, the, this person here who's making 40, 40, 40, 50,000, 60,000, mm -hmm. 60, 40, between 45 to $60,000 a year asking for loans. Yep. I need help, help yep. me out. Yep. When he was all the entire time for the last couple of years, this guy was looking down on this person because he was still working at a factory job. That's the thing, bro. To our point, to your point, the yeah. more you start increasing your income, the bigger your eyeballs get. Yeah. Right, thinking that this is going to last forever, it might if you're yeah. the right infrastructure and, and scale in place. And it's not predicated upon the markets uh, staying good. So, if your income goes like this and your eyeballs get bigger, your expenses get bigger. Mm -hmm. you're, you're, right, the, your lifestyle gets more expensive. Yeah. This is like what happens to athletes, right? When they're done playing professional sports, whammo, but their incomes, or excuse me, their expenses are still up here. So I bought um, a former ball player's uh, Rolls Royce. His income went, uh, his, his income went like this. Lifestyle up here, toys up here. Yeah. Done playing with the NBA. Bam, I buy his toy. Yeah. Right? But I didn't buy it at this price. You are. I bought it at this price. Yeah. And he's happy. It's not like he felt I ripped him off. Listen, what do you want to let it go for? He gave me a price. I gave him an offer. I countered. He was happy with it. He didn't have to accept it. Sure. Right? I gave him a check. He moved on. Right now, if people are smart, <laughs> there's one thing, there's one thing you should focus in on. We'll move to the next topic. Is you got to focus on creating income in 2023. 100% of my attention will be focused in on income creation, making sure I solidify my income. And it better not be based on interest rates. It better not be based on the economy. That no matter what, your business is a needs-based type of business that regardless of markets up, markets down, interest rates high, interest rates low. Pandemic, recession. Your business is needed. What do we find out during the pandemic, during the recession? People still want stuff. The most valuable thing in people's lives was not necessarily what they thought it was. The most valuable thing in people's lives, I mean, what was the most valuable thing when the pandemic first hit? It wasn't money, it was toilet paper. Toilet paper. It was, remember that? It was, yeah. Ly it was Lysol. Remember uh, uh, the ammo shortage? People were trying to buy bullets and, and rounds for their weapons. They really thought things were going to go down, man. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then all the Second Amendment people said, gun rights, gun rights, gun rights. How, how silent were they during the pandemic? Yeah. Now, one person said, you shouldn't have guns. Now, they felt, shit, I need to get some guns. Yeah. <laughs> and get some bullets for those guns, too, as well. So, um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on people in 2023? Inflation going to continue to hurt them. Interest rates going to continue to hurt them. Uh, there's a 61% chance of recession potentially going to hurt them. I believe we were already in a recession because the definition of a recession is two consecutive quarters in a row of negative GDP. That happened first quarter of 2022, second quarter of 2022. So by July 1st, technically we are already, by definition, in a recession. We've been in a recession since July 1st of 2022. So six going on seven months, not eight months. So what, what's your thoughts? We'd love to know what you're thinking, what our audience is thinking too, about getting ahead in 2023. Okay, here's another thing too as well. Because of, because of what's going on, people delayed their medical bills. 
their medical care because of, of, of a lack of money. Uh, a record share of families delayed medical care. Let's go to this article. A record share of families delayed medical care last year because it was too expensive. Too expensive, right? So if, by the way, Milton, if they think of the medical care, care is too expensive, what about their nutrition? A new Gallup survey showed that nearly four in 10 Americans reported that they or family members skipped care in 2022 because of the cost. The highest percentage ever recorded in the 22-year-old annual survey. What are your thoughts about that? I'm piggybacking off of what, what you read. Uh, it also says here that 34% of low-income earners, which people who make less than $40,000, also delayed their treatment last year uh, from, from a serious condition. 34% of our population in the United States. 34%. And that's that hits home, man, because that's, that's a lot of my family members. A lot of my family, especially the, the, the older sure. crowd. You know? And again, I can't help everybody, right? not, at least not mm-hmm. at this very moment. But when you see them going through a, a, a physical struggle or a mental health struggle, I have a couple of family members from my mom's side who are really, really beat up, and Father Time's not on their side right now. And just because they can't get the proper medical care, Father Time is really against them at, at, at the very moment. And it's uh, it, it really tugs at your heart. It really tugs at your heart, and it it, it, it really um, it, it it really enforces this ideology of man, like if only you guys were exposed to the information that you needed to at a younger age when it came down to financial literacy, how to make more money, how to scale, whatever you wanted to scale. Take a talent, take a gift, whatever you have, and create it into some form of business, and then learn on how to create a business from that so that way you can make money for your family. Value so that, creation, yeah. Exactly. Um, it hits home, man. It's, it hits home. It's it's Because uh, my mom, she's, she's on a lot of medication right now. You know, she in 2017, she had three heart attacks. Mm-hmm. The year right after that, she had another heart attack. She had double bi- bypass uh, open heart surgery. She's, so mm-hmm. she's in and out the hospital, in and out the hospital. In and out the hospital. And one year when she didn't, uh, for some reason, her insurance wasn't covering certain things, her medical bill stacked up to around $200,000. And, you know, my dad not being around, you know, uh, and my mom also not, not did, working did as pop, much. Did, it pops when your father passed away. Sorry to ask a sensitive subject for you. But did he have life insurance? He did not. He did not have life insurance. So, okay. and, and that's the thing. And, and that's why also, like, life insurance isn't preached to us. Especially in the community that, 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 I'm, that I'm from, you know, when in, in 2017, 2016, I got introduced to some people from a life insurance company. Mm-hmm. And um, when they spoke about life insurance, it's just, it's not a very sexy term. Like, mm-hmm. what's life insurance? I don't need life insurance. What's life insurance? And when they try to explain it to you, you you're, you're so naive and you're so ignorant to what it is that you just don't want to hear it. You're just like, wait, I need to deposit how much in a certain account every month in order to do it? I can't even make ends meet in my own household. I need to buy, I'd rather buy groceries. I'd rather, I'd rather buy this. Mm-hmm. I'd rather buy things to cover up what I'm feeling because I'm not fulfilled in life. So instead of using money to leave my family with peace, I'm going to use this money for, you know, just for, for the now. Yeah. Exactly. So yes, correct. In, 20, in 2016, my father passed away from stage four cancer. And when he passed away, every single medical bill that was left behind, the funeral expenses and all that, that just piled up. And then you have illiterate kids who don't mm-hmm. really have any idea how, how finances work and you're really not working a great job because yep. during that time I was in my early to mid twenties and I was working for a nonprofit, making seventeen twenty five, uh, seven seventeen twenty five dollars, an hour. I was fulfilled. I felt great. I was giving up back to the world. I was helping opioid users. I was helping homeless people, and it felt amazing. But I was broke. Yeah. I was you, you, I was utilizing nonprofit food as my own food for like three four months. I was living off of that food, and then here my father passes away. So it's a double ammo. It's a double. It's a double ammo. So I, again, man, it's major. A lot of this, it's home. A lot of this, it's home, especially with medical care. <clears throat> and more power to you, Milton, because instead of complaining about it, now you're doing something about it. You're, yeah. you're doing something. You went in business for yourself. <laughs> and that's what we encourage a lot of people. If you're watching this channel, 
you're not going to find a lot of pity party uh, action going on over here. You're going to find a lot of people that's going to challenge you, poke you, you know, get you to rise up to the next level because it's not like it's a luxury anymore to become a millionaire. We, we, we feel that pretty soon here, being a millionaire is a dime a dozen. Pretty soon here, everybody's going to be living, not because they want to become a millionaire, but because the, how, the homes they want to buy, the cars they want to live, and the health care they want to provide for the family, the quality of life you want to provide, the people that you love and care about, you gun, you're going to have to look at making a million dollars a year in terms of income. Again, not as a luxury, like I'd like to do it, but man, bro, based on what I want, based on the goals and dreams and vision I have, that's what I need to be making. And uh, we're going to provide you thoughts and strategies on how to think like a millionaire, how to become a millionaire, and how to, how to, how to, um, how to strategize. And, and, and it all starts with the internal, the mindset, because if you want your external to change, your internal first has to change. You got to get your mind right, you get your spirit right, you get your heart right as regards to this area of personal finance. And for most men, being a provider, being a protector, uh, being someone that could be dependent upon, it's top on our list. Uh, so let's shift into that. Let's shift into uh, topics of fatherhood since we're on the topics of sure. our dads. Um, my father's still around, yeah, uh, praise the Lord. Uh, my father and I had a, a, a weird relation going up. He was he was president, but in many ways was also very absent. Strong Filipino dad, you know, and <laughs> usually every time he opened his mouth to address something with me, it wasn't because I was doing something good. It's always because of how I need to change my life. I need to fix things. So. I always kind of like felt this like defensive pose mentally and, and physically every time my dad spoke because never a good thing was going to come out of his mouth. Um, the one thing that he would say, may, maybe, uh, right, maybe the good thing is, uh, uh, you know, again, to where we needed to go um, in, in, in a conceptual level, but nothing where I was just happy about it. But uh, here's a new study. Examines the effect of parent, parental separation on kids. Here's what experts say. Because... What's sad, with, with, when money isn't going right, breakups happen, divorces happen. And uh, let's, let's look at this Yahoo article here. It says, breakups are difficult under any circumstance, but they can be particularly tricky when children are involved. Now, a new study breaks down how children's time is usually spent after the parents split, and it highlights gender inequities in the process, okay? And so, um, overall, this study implies that parental divorce negatively, or death in the family, negatively affects children's developmental time, especially amongst boys who eventually become men, yeah. and leads lone mothers to experience increasing time penalties associated with gender inequalities in society. Breakups happen, experts stress that parents should interpret these findings and meaning that separation will ruin the lives of their children. However, they're not shocked by the study results. I, listen, it's, it's not shocking to me. Having a, an active father in one's life, I can't tell you how important that is in, in and I'm asking myself, my, my development in my life, what happened if my father would have said this, give me more lessons about that, mm. told me about wisdom about this, before you get married, do that, before you choose to date this girl, blah, blah, blah. What are some of the, uh, the chivalrous things that you would do, Dad, uh, uh, you know, to, to honor a young lady if you're going to date her mm. or decide to marry? Why? Because I've, I've been through two, two, uh, two negative situations with women that I've had children with, and it's both ended in family court. It's not been nice. It's not been pretty. And a man is always, no matter if, I, and by the way, these two situations, I had custody of the kids. And I was always showing up in court as an as a-hole. I was a deadbeat dad automatically as soon as I came into court. Even though I had custody of the kids. Even though the kids were in the residential address, going to the schools in my district, I was coming into court, looked upon by the judge as an a-hole. Like the laws did nothing but to separate and empower, not me, to disempower me. As a man, and I feel if I feel disempowered as a man, guess what? I'm also going to feel disempowered as a dad. Yeah. So you know, when you're looking at uh, separation here of, of of fathers, 
What's your thoughts on that? I think being able to have both parties, um, the motherly figure and the fatherly figure in the same household is going to teach someone uh, how to live out their lives. And maybe not so much on as the example, because a lot of times the way, in some of the households that we grew up in, they're not such great examples. For example, for, for, for myself, it, uh, I wasn't exposed to, to many great experiences. Mm -hmm. I grew up in a household where there was a lot of, uh, a lot of domestic abuse, emotional abuse. Uh, domestic abuse, That's, mm -hmm. that, was, that was the main thing. So that actually led me to want, you know, that, it led me to want something different for mm -hmm. myself, for my family, for my, for my future family. But I will say that not having a masculine figure in my household, not having that whatsoever, I think that that would have affected me in, 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 in a more of a negative way than what I already had with my father there. Not having that, that, that father figure in the household. I think that is what also kind of kept me straight in line. Although I wasn't very fond of it, I wasn't always aligned with, what, 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 with what, what my father said. It helped me deviate from certain activities that I knew that if my father found out, I'm going to get my ass added to me. And knowing that I wanted to make my dad proud, although he wasn't, very, he wasn't a man of many words, my ultimate goal as a kid was to make this man proud. And I feel like if I didn't have that figure in my life, I would have settled for a lot less if, versus if I would have just been raised by a single mom. So let's, let's uh, as, you know, before we wrap up our, our, our podcast, our first episode, I want to also address that because you said something very important there. Channing Tatum just got divorced. Yeah. Mr. Uh, Magic Mike. Mr. Magic Mike. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, he says, in, let's, let's look at his article real quick, if we can look at this uh, as we wrap up. I don't know if I'm ever going to get married again, Channing Tatum says. He says, a super scary divorce from ex-wife. Fatherhood and how he finds relationship difficult, right? So let's, let's, go, let's go down here. You, you parent differently. How you look at the world, right? The, the differences between, the, difference between the, the whole plan that you literally just turns into sand and goes to your fingers and you're like, oh shit, what now? I don't think I would ever done the work, I think, on myself in the way that I had to do the work on myself to really try to figure out what's next. Mm -hmm. So the downside of the divorce is that. The upside is you got to work on yourself now. Yeah, it forces you, bro. It forces you to work. It forces you to really spend that time with, with, with the kids. So, you know, it, the, 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 the challenge that a lot of men have today, a lot of fathers have today, is that when they do get married, they've got a potentially face, oh shit, what if? What if I do get divorced? She takes half. Everything that I've made and earned and built my entire career, she takes half. She takes the house. Bro, she takes my dignity. She takes my kids. She takes my, my manhood, my fatherhood, all because it's empowered by the court system. So I can understand why a lot of men today don't want to get married. Why what I've, what I've done with my life the last going on nine years is not a very popular thing to get married. Yeah. You're a single guy. Yeah. I mean, does, does this type of news scare you potentially from one day being married and having kids? You know what, man? Although, although I, uh, my main encounter to marriage was not such a great one, I've always been a hopeless romantic. I've always been the guy who likes the idea of, uh, of being a husband, being a father, one day being able to come home, come home and have you know, my kids there, whether my wife is a business person, whatever the case may be, just being able to come home and knowing that someone's always going to be there to greet me at the door. Whether we come home at a different time, whatever the case may be, just... Having a house where I can actually call home. I like the ideology of it. And yes, there's so many, so many things going on right now in this world where marriage is a secondary thing for many people and many people are striving in to, when it comes down to being single and make, make your money, build, build yourself, build your business, grow as a person, forget about uh, marriage, forget about that old concept. Um, as much as it is scary, 
I think it's forcing me to look into it a lot more and it's forcing me to look at things differently about myself and what I once perceived of what marriage actually was. And it's forcing me to educate myself a lot more so that way when I actually walk into that situation, I can actually be prepared enough because you won't always be prepared for everything, but prepared enough to be able to sustain good communication skills, to sustain uh, the idea of what a, what a real masculine man is and to be able to sustain a certain role that I'm supposed to play within the dynamic of a man and woman. That's it, man. And, and yeah. as a guy that's been married and divorced, been through drug through system, I still got married. Yeah. Because my values and principles of what I believe, how families are created, and, and how, in my opinion, my faith and my relationship with my God yeah. wants me to operate on this earth is to, to procreate, to, to create the family initiative. I mean, ask yourself, what's the purpose of being married? For me, it's to have lineage, it's to have legacy, to make a difference, to make an impact on this world. If you don't care about any of this stuff, I totally get it. Maybe you should stay single. Maybe uh, you got to figure stuff out uh, long term. But uh, for me, I've found fulfillment. It happens. Maybe it's my warring. Maybe it's my hopeless romantic side too as well. But I just want to know that my kids are proud of their last name. The yeah. last name on the back of their jersey, they're very proud. They want, when they walk into a room, they walk into any meeting, they walk into any job interview or a loan officer to get a business loan. Which, by the way, I've never done my entire life. Maybe my kids have a different business. They're walking to different investors. That I want them to know that, hey, I have a Sapal last name. My dad made it. It's up to me to live, live up to it, to take it to the next level. And that's what excites me. And if my children have questions about entrepreneurship, money, finance, spiritual life, relationship, I want to be, make sure I'm accessible to them. And I want them not necessarily to learn from my lessons, but from more from my mistakes. And I think if we're willing to do that with our children and I think fathers are willing to admit that sometimes around they're not always perfect because that's, I think sometimes that's the pride of a man. Sure. That I think uh, more men are willing to be vulnerable to their children and uh, accessible to their children and let them know what's up. I think you're going to have a generation of children more empowered, more confident to go off and have these conversations and attract the type of person they want into their life. So that being said, guys, this is the wrap of episode one. What are your thoughts? You agree with us? You don't agree with us? Uh, what are your questions? Please put it in the comment section below and uh, make sure you follow my boy here Milton Alvarez, my co-host on Millionaire Goals podcast here on Instagram. Uh, and if you haven't done so already, make sure you smash subscribe. This is our first episode. Please share this. We're talking about fatherhood. We're talking about relationships. We're talking about finance. We're talking about fitness. Man, we have so many topics we still don't go into yet. But anyway, we expect to have this as a long-term thing. This is a long-term project for us. We're going to invest in this. We're going to invest in you because we want you to start thinking like a millionaire, strategize like a millionaire, millionaire, because one day we want you to become a first-generation cash flow Millionaire. So, Milton, appreciate you, man. All right? Many appreciate more podcasts to come. That being said, drop your comments below. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to Money Smart Guy on Instagram. From Dallas, Texas, I'm your Money Smart Guy. And by having Milton Alvarez, until we meet again, continue to live smart, continue to love smart, and be money smart today. See you next week.